All right, we are live. Welcome, everybody, to Polha Golf, the podcast. This is the live recording for episode number 90. 90 episodes in and going strong. Whoo! I am excited for tonight. Um, I did once again expect Bobby Brown to be on tonight, but I do know that he is caddying for an LPGA Tour player this week, a name that I can't pronunciate, so I'm not even going to try. Um, But look out for Bobby Brown out there this week for the LPGA Tour. Um, So he must have had a practice round today that uh, went a little long. Sometimes those things happen. Uh, But first off, I do want to touch on what we're going to be going over tonight, which first of all, the Worldwide Technology Championship, if anybody has paid attention to this past weekend in golf, their football team probably isn't doing well. Uh, Basketball is really just kind of kick-started, and then baseball's all over and done with, so... You might have been watching the Worldwide Technology Championship on Tiger's course out at Diamante, and it was a good one. But we'll also talk about the upcoming Butterfield Bermuda Championship. We're going to touch on the TGL, which is one of my favorite topics to touch on lately. And then really the PGA Tour Live Golf. There's some updates there as well that I'm going to go ahead and cover for us. First off, I do want to say that uh, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Swanee's Golf. Swanee's, if you've been paying attention to the show, been listening to it or watching it on YouTube or on Millions.co, then you know that Swanee's.co is our main sponsor. You get 25% off at checkout if you use the promo code PULLHOOKGOLF25. Once again, that is PULLHOOKGOLF25. Use that at checkout, and you will get 25% off your entire order. Thank you, Swannies, for not only doing that, but also for sponsoring this show. Now, in addition to that, I'm wearing tonight, just so that you guys know, I like to recommend stuff that I rock myself. So this is the Swan Delta hat in black. This thing is fresh. I tell you what, this one might be, ah, there's, their hats are so good that I don't really want to say that this is my favorite. Um, I don't want to lie to you guys. So I, there's a couple that are my favorites that most people see me out and about with. I rock them all the time. The Cole Q-Zip, this is from their, their big sand collection. Uh, Same with the shirt on underneath. This thing is nice and soft. It is stretchy material. That is the Lloyd Polo underneath. So the Lloyd Polo, you got the, once again, the Cole Q-Zip and the Swan Delta. Swannies, keeping it fresh and saving the planet one item at a time. It's fantastic. So go to swannies.co, get yourself some gear, use promo code POLEHOOKGOLF25, and let's jump right into it. First off, Worldwide Technology Championship. This one was an emotional one. Eric Van Royen, he ends up the South African. He's got a golf teammate that is has melanoma and he isn't going to make it unfortunately so it was quite the emotional week for eric um he obviously dedicated the victory to his old college teammate from minnesota and 
granted, he had one of the best back nines. If you go on and watch the PGA Tour on YouTube and watch the highlights from the final round of the Worldwide Technology Championship, it's one of the finest back nines that I've seen. Shot a 28 and just absolutely incredible finishing off with a 25-foot eagle putt on the 18th that secured his victory by two. I mean, what a better story than that right there. Going out there, throwing one up for his body who, once again, has melanoma and isn't going to make it. He was one of his college teammates, one of his best friends, and so he dedicated that victory to him. And it really does go to show you that you know, it golf is just a game at the end of the day. We all love golf. We all take it very seriously. I'm sure a lot of you take it very seriously that are out there. But man, oh man, it really puts things into perspective. And how, I wouldn't say meaningless this game is at the end of the day, but it's just a game that we're playing. And that's one of the cool things about Eric. He really emphasized the fact that, you know, there's so many things that put this all into perspective. And this is one of them, that life is so much greater than even oneself. So shout out to Eric Van Royen for the very emotional victory at the Worldwide Technology Championship. And then you got a couple guys, a couple vets, let's call them, in Camillo Vijegas. And Camillo, who we've had Manny on, his brother, who caddies for Siwoo Kim. And, man, just – and I've always been a fan of Camillo. I, I I really think that his game is so damn good that it's so surprising that he's only won three times and that he's kind of gone through this stretch over the past decade to where he really hasn't performed at a high level. And he's even got into broadcasting and being an analyst, uh, PG Tour Live and so forth. But now he's right back in there. I mean, he had a great four days of golf. And one of the classiest things that I've seen after finishing second, after the round, after the tournament's over, he, he brought out a chair, sat down and signed autographs for everybody out there in Cabo. And Cabo really just... Took him in as the hometown favorite, even though he's not from there. But they really were pulling for Camillo all week long. I, I love it because he rocks the Jordans out there. I mean, he sharp dresser, sharp dude. So I was pulling for Camillo as well, even with Eric Van Royen with his great story and that back nine that he played. Uh, but then you also got Matt Kuchar. But before we get to Matt Kuchar, I do want to mention one other thing about Camillo is that he recently made a change with a mental performance coach. So now he's working very hard on the mental side of the game. And Camillo's also got a great story, lost his daughter, um, and they have publicized that quite a bit. And there's a lot of great stories about Camillo and a lot of stuff that's been done around um, his situation and losing his daughter. So um, once again, that whole thing with Camillo is incredible but the mental side he's locked in around and you could see the difference because he fought he grinded through those four days there were multiple days to where he just didn't have it and you had to go so low 
out there that he was just grinding away. So I hope that we get to see more great stuff from Camillo Villegas as we move into next year. But pretty big implications in terms of where he's at in the PGA Tour FedEx Cup. Um, I believe he moved into the mid-100s, which is pretty sweet for him because now that's going to open up some more tournaments for him as well. Um, And hopefully he continues that path because I'd love to see him on the course much more than being an analyst. Now, Matt Kuchar, he finishes second. Everybody knows about his issues down at the other side of Mexico where they used to have the golf tournament when he won the one year in his caddy and he didn't pay him what he should have paid him. And there was the whole debacle there. Well, guess what? Karma comes in weird times and weird places. And it kind of seemed like karma bit him uh, because in that third round on the 15th hole, Matt Kuchar had a six shot lead folks, six shots and ends up having a quadruple bogey, not a bogey, not a double bogey, not a triple bogey, but a quadruple bogey, Matt Kuchar quadruple bogey on the 15th in the third round. Now kudos to him for still being able to be tied for the lead heading into the final round. And then in the final round, finishing second, but that was kind of the defining moment of the golf tournament for Matt Kuchar. I mean, just could not figure it out. There was a huge undulation up the side. And yeah, I I, I mean, I, I can't really describe it more than he went up the hill and back down the hill. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and he went and did it again up the hill, down the hill. Um, so he left a couple of shots down um, by the hazard line. And I think his after his first chip shot uh, that went up the hill and down the hill, he uh, it ended up getting more into the hazard. Oh, it was a debacle. So quadruple bogey for Matt Kuchar. Otherwise, he wins that tournament uh, pretty handily. So, And I don't know if Eric Van Royen takes that big of a, well, let me take a step back because Cooch did go out on Sunday and shot a bogey-free 66. So once again, this was a golf tournament, folks, that you had to go low. And everybody wanted to know, how was Tiger's course, especially myself, I wanted to know how is Tiger's course design going to hold up for a PGA Tour event? Well, I will tell you, there was one guy out there in Kelly Craft that did not, did not, want to be out there he didn't like the course he made comments about it publicly you've probably if you're on instagram you've probably seen some of the shots from golf.com si golf digest and so forth that touched upon this but he was critical of tiger's design and said the pga tour could do a better job of picking golf courses than that Whew. now On the flip side, I heard a lot of guys love the course because you had wide fairways out there, and it really was a second-shot golf course, which if you want to figure out a Tiger Woods design, you're going to be able to spray the ball off of the tee. And it's kind of like Nicholas with his designs. He really crafted golf courses that fit his game. And it kind of seems like Tiger did the same thing with El Cardinal out there at Diamante in uh, San Mark or gosh in Cabo San Lucas um, and with that said it 
didn't hold up. I mean, you look at the numbers, and when you go that low in a PGA Tour event, it's probably not going to hold up long-term as a PGA Tour tournament. That's just, I mean, that's the one thing that you're just not really going to have. I mean, let's go real quick and take a look and do a quick little leaderboard rundown. So it'll be interesting to see if they end up going back there next year. Now, this was the tournament to where they lost Mayakoba to um, Live Golf because that's a Greg Norman designed golf course. He had great ties there. So that turned into a Live Golf event. And then they moved that over to this and moved it into the fall, obviously. Um, so let's just take a look here at what that leaderboard ended up looking like. Let's see. Let me see if I can get back to that particular golf tournament bear with me for a moment just pulling it up here on my and and there we go okay so as i'm taking a look at that leaderboard you've got eric Royan at 27 under i mean here's the thing you get mid-20s at Shriners. So there's golf courses where guys go really, really low at, right? And he won by two. So Camillo and Kuchar, they both shot 25 under. Justin Sue, he ended up at 24 under. You got an Andrew Putnam sighting out there at 22 under. I mean, Ryan Palmer, 22 under. Jason Hadley at 21. Mackenzie Hughes at 21. Carson Young, not to be confused with Cameron Young, uh, minus 20, which, by the way, I almost hit on that last week with Cameron Young missing the cut because he's been off for a while coming into this tournament. I mean, he made the cut by a shot, so it wasn't too far off there. Then you got the young buck Ludwig Oberg, or Oberg and he was at 19 under along with Akshay Batia, which... We'll talk about them moving into this week because I think we're going to see some good stuff there. I mean, you got Nate Lashley, Austin Cook, long-lost cousin in Austin Cook. Uh, give me a shout, Austin. Um, I'm pretty sure that we're related somehow, some way. Uh, but Sam Ryder, Martin Trainer, Bo Hostler, Taylor Pendrith. I mean, you go on and on. But these numbers are insane. 17 under, 18 under. I mean, there was a log jam at 17 and 18. Um, Austin Smotherman, Austin Eckroat, Adam Long, Scott Piercy, Michael Kim. Whew. List goes on and on, folks. So that right there sums up the Worldwide Technology Championship. Let us know, by the way, what you guys thought about the Worldwide Technology Championship on social media. Send us a DM. Throw it here in the comments. Um, but I thought it was a good golf track. I thought that, you know, did it really hold up score-wise? I would have loved to see it be in less than 20 under because then you just get, I mean, a crapshoot at that point. But overall, I thought it was a good golf course, and I think they can make it a little bit tougher in years to come if they continue to have it out there. But it'll be interesting to see if the PGA Tour decides to bring it back to El Cardinal at Diamante, the Tiger Woods design. And we got some stuff about Tiger Woods, too, that I may be talking about here in a little bit as well. So definitely stay tuned because that stuff about Tiger, some pretty interesting insights there. Um, now, 
As we move beyond last week's event at the Worldwide Technology Championship, now we move into the Butterfield. God, I just love that name, the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Last year's winner, good old... (laughs) I I so badly want to say Seaman Power, but it's Seamus Powers. And good old Seamus, he, uh, he played well there last year. Now, as we look at the field this week um, and seeing who's playing well coming in and everything, um, you know, he played well there. But I really like Akshay Batia this week. I feel like he is going to be the guy that I'm not going to be surprised if he wins it. Like, it's just not going to be surprising to me at all. Um, And for some reason, he's been playing well pretty much this whole second half of the year, moving into this fall series as well. His name keeps popping up. So I look for him to have a really good golf tournament this week. But, man, golf is hard. You got Lucas Glover in the field this week. You also got... Gosh, you got some guys in here this week. Davis Riley. I mean, Luke List, who won a couple weeks back. Akshay Batia, as I was mentioning. Camillo. Let's see if he can keep it going. He's he's to 147th now on the FedEx Cup list. Troy Merritt. He ended up making the cup by one last week and finished up at 11 under. So let's see what he can if he can keep it going. Um, who else? Man. Good old Robert Garrigus sighting in the field this week. A Jason Duffner sighting. I'm not saying to bet on these guys at all. Ryan Gerard. Keep an eye out for Ryan Gerard. Now, also on this list, I mean, Ryan Moore played really well last week. He's at 140th right now. Let's see if he comes back-to-back weeks playing well because he had a hot go of it last week. You know, a lot of guys that carry it over from week to week, and I don't know how different these golf tracks are really going to be. I mean, going from West Coast and Cabo, I mean, southern tip of you know Mexico, and then you've got also flipping all the way over to the east side with Butterfield, Bermuda. We'll see. We'll see how this all pans out. Two different golf tracks, but I think we're going to see some of the same guys Towards the top of the leaderboard, Jimmy Walker's out there. You got Charlie Hoffman, Scott Piercy. So you got some veterans out there. Guess who else is going to be out there this week? Adam Scott, who is a Boston Common golfer. We're going to talk about the TGL coming up in just a little bit as well. Man, you got Austin Smotherman, who played well last week. Our boy Lance Bennett is on the bag for him. Wesley Bryan is in the field, so he's part of the uh, Netflix Full Swing documentary series this uh, this time around. So in the second edition of it, so he's been going kind of back and forth between Corn Ferry to the PGA Tour and had trying to Monday qualify into the Shriners. And so there's going to be some interesting content there, and that's what I really wanted to see. But we also got a new pro in there of Fred Biondi, okay? Fred Biondi from North Carolina, University of North Carolina. Great player. We're going to see him out there for the first time. 
as a pro. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see how he plays in, I believe this is his debut event. Peter Quest is out there, Kyle Westmoreland. So we got a good field. And that's what's pretty cool about this time of year. And I was joking around with some guys today where I'm like, these guys don't have it that rough. They're going from Cabo all the way to Bermuda. Rough life. Hopping on a plane, going from one resort to the next. Um, And with that said, the one guy that I did not see in the field this week that is not playing is uh, Kevin Streelman. So Kevin Streelman, who I often work out with, um, or we work out at the same time at the gym um, with our trainers. And that, by the way, is going to be coming up this week as well. So keep an eye out for that episode to drop either Thursday or Friday uh, with my golf fitness trainer, Andrew Hannon, who goes by Ando. And he is the personal trainer for Wyndham Clark. Um, He also trains up a lot of other uh, players that play professionally, especially LPG tour players. Um, and then Greg in there, he uh, trains Kevin Streelman. So little shout out to Kev- Kevin Streelman because he came home this week and guess what his wife gave him as a, as a gift, man. Oh man. I saw it today. A good old Ferrari, California. Now this is a man that absolutely loves his Chrysler minivan and used to say, It is the Ferrari of minivans. Well, now he's got a real Ferrari. I saw that thing. I was like, whoo, thing is sweet, bright red. I mean, do you get a Ferrari in any other color? That's what I want to know, folks. Do you get a Ferrari in any other color than red? Now, I think for Kevin, this was a little bit of, I mean, just based off of his reaction and... (laughs) I was like, holy cow, you really upgraded to a Ferrari. He's like, oh, my wife got it for me for a gift. And he kind of gave that reaction like, it's a lot of money that she just dropped on this car. I don't know if Kevin really loves dropping a ton of money um, on something like that. So it was interesting. But, man, he absolutely, you could tell, he loves that thing. That thing is absolutely gorgeous. Whew. All right. Where did I got off track there for a second with uh, Kevin Streelman not being in the field and obviously leading up to uh, an episode coming out this week with our golf fitness. So you'll get some good insights. The interview already happened. Going to be editing that, putting that together and getting that out to you guys. Hopefully, like I mentioned, hopefully Thursday, but by the latest uh, Friday of this week with my fitness trainer, Ando, who also is the trainer for, trainer for Wyndham Clark. Um, so some really good insights there. But for Butterfield, I mean, I kind of ran through the field and did a little bit of a field analysis there. But again, I, I really look forward to seeing Akshay Batia playing really well. Now, the one person that I did not see, actually, is Seamus Power, who won last year. Let's see if he's in the field. He is not. So a defending champion that is not in the field. All right. That's interesting. I haven't seen anything about him being injured or anything like that. So I wonder why he's not defending this week. But, you know, overall, again, a good field. We got Adam Scott in there. Um, And here's the thing. Let's go over a couple of picks for this week. So 
I I don't love it when guys have been off for a while and then all of a sudden come into a tour event. So don't think that I'm going to all of a sudden say Adam Scott all day long, and he's been doing a bunch of promo this past week in Boston um, for the new Boston Common Golf Team, which he is a part of with, well, we'll get into that in a second. But don't love him this week. Um, I do, once again, really like Akshay Batia. I think Camille could continue his great play moving into Bermuda. Um, And then, you know, if I was to pick a third one, and by the way, when I give these picks, I look at it in the top 20 or top 25, okay? Wherever you're betting, normally they've got one or the other um, in there for top 20 or top 25. Even I do a lot of top 40s and do some parlays. Um, So be wary of that as well. It's a good way to do some bets um, for guys that you know are playing well coming into given weeks. But golf is such a crapshoot as to who's dropping the putts this week whose putter is on fire, and this week is going to be one of those uh, weeks, I believe, to where you're going to have to have the putter on, and you're going to have to play really, really well in order to compete and to potentially win this golf tournament. Um, But I will say this, a putter that I really, really like, and I, I'm definitely not going to be a Kelly Craft guy this week after his comments last week that generated a lot of attention. Um, but one of those, well, we also got Sam Bennett in the field too. He turned pro. So you guys might remember him uh, from the Masters. Uh, but Sam Bennett is going to be in here as well. We do have Nick Dunlap, who he still has his amateur status, but he's going to be playing in it. Um, but I like a guy like Ryan Gerard, who I think is going to have a really good week this week. Um, gosh, those are the three. Those are the three that I'm going to throw out there for this week. So Ryan Gerard, once again, Akshay Batia. And then who's my third that I just, oh, Camillo. I think Camillo's going to keep it going. He's got that lab putter. Those lab putters, man. I, I almost want to try one of them. I've been such a traditional blade putter, Scotty Cameron, Ping Answer. Those are really the two putters that I have putted with throughout my entire playing career. And I just think that that lab putter, there might be something to that damn thing. Because a lot of guys that struggle putting-wise go to that thing and can putt. And Camillo Villegas looks really good with that thing. And again, I think you got to drop a lot of putts out there. Um, and let's just look. I mean, last year you had to go. Yeah, see, this is where I would have loved this past week to be. Just under 20 under because Seamus Power, he finished up at 19 under. And by the way, that could be because they were like in a dome out there. There wasn't much wind at all. So, would love to see them go back there and hopefully get some wind coming off of the ocean um, out there in Cabo. But Bermuda, yeah, we shall see, folks. We shall see. It's going to be a good week, the Butterfield. Damn, I just love the name Butterfield. All right, I'm going to move on from that. 
And let's get into the TGL because we've got some big updates with the TGL. This is the gift that keeps on giving. It's almost like last year when Live Golf and the PGA Tour were just battling it out. And every single week there was drama going on and new announcements and everything. And I think what they're doing is actually really strategic and really smart in terms of the marketing and everything around it. I don't know if they're being strategic about it because I'll, I'll touch upon that with teams and players being announced and everything. But it almost seems like every week as we're heading up to the December date to where we're going to get a preview of this thing. Every week, it seems like there's a new announcement, a new name drop, a new thing about the league, which I'm sure, I mean, there's a lot of smart people that are a part of this. And that's what I think is pretty interesting about the TGL in general, that it's going to take a lot of bright minds to put this whole thing together, especially with it being an indoor golf league. And this is the first time we're going to see PGA Tour pros playing in a team atmosphere like this indoors. And there's also going to be a real green, well, not a real green, but a virtual green that's in there, but a physical green. They, they're actually going to be putting and uh, hitting shots out of bunkers and so forth. So it's going to be really cool to see the format I didn't love necessarily uh, last week with the three different ways that they're going to go about the rounds and whatnot but um again it's going to be an interesting thing to see come together and see how cool it is once everything is in place but the final team was just announced today the final franchise looks like out here in arizona we are not going to get a franchise not yet anyways so there is la there is san francisco there is boston there is New York, there is Atlanta, and now there is Jupiter Lynx Golf Club, which, if you think of Jupiter, who lives out in Jupiter? Good old Tiger Woods. He's out there in Jupiter, and guess what, folks? This team is owned by none other than Tiger Woods. And this is an under-the-radar move because this is obviously... Tiger and Rory's league, right? They're the ones that are the brains behind it with um, the TGL, the Tomorrow Golf League, and so forth. But um, Or Tomorrow Golf, that is really the brains behind it. But Tiger and Rory being the two golfers behind this entire endeavor, along with the PGA Tour. Tiger Woods, what a lot of people don't realize is Tiger hasn't... Hasn't been doing a ton of deals business-wise. And you remember when the whole scandal hit and everything, he lost a lot of sponsors. A lot of sponsors ended up coming back. But what you don't realize is that every endeavor that he's done since, he's gotten ownership in. And I do kind of wonder, was it because of the scandal that he realized, wow, this money can just disappear. All these sponsors and everything could just go away. Well, he gets ownership in every little piece. And when I was in golf technology for Full Swing Golf, he actually has a, when he came in and got a golf simulator from Full Swing Golf, he also got ownership in the company. He got equity. So that was a part to where he was like, yeah, you can use my rights and everything like that um, and my likeness, but I want to be an owner. 
So sure enough, he got equity in the company. And now the same thing is going on here to where he's the owner of a team within the TGL. This is very reminiscent of Michael Jordan with his sneaker deal and everything to where he's like, no, I don't want sneakers and you guys just to pay me a, a salary. I want ownership in this and every single pair of shoes that sells, I want money from it. And of course, where is the main arena for this year being held in West Palm Beach, which is very close to Jupiter. So this is basically an entire home season for the Jupiter Lynx Golf Club. And I was wondering why I'm like, man, we just got announced that Colin Morikawa is the main guy for LAGC. And I'm sitting there going, well, Tiger's an LA guy. And I do wonder if he's going to be a part of that team, but they have announced Colin as the main guy. And with that, I'm like, something's going on here to where Tiger is not going to be a part of LAGC. Sure enough, now we know why, because he is going to be an owner player of Jupiter Lynx Golf Club, which is pretty sweet. And if you were also paying attention on social media this week, you will also know that Tiger Woods was caddying for Charlie for four days in a row for a golf tournament. He did say today that he is awfully sore and he's really glad that it was a flat golf course because he is in a lot of pain. But we got to see that Tiger's rebuilt foot and ankle is doing fantastic and he is training. Stuart Sink came out and was like, watch out guys. Tiger is starting to train again and he's starting to look pretty good. So we're going to get a glimpse of Tiger this winter in January in this TGL league. And I'm curious to see who he ends up bringing in. I do, once again, I reached out to Boston Common Golf. I'm going to try to use my connections a little bit further because Boston Common Golf, they dropped an entire squad out there last week. I mean, it wasn't just one signing. It was everybody. So they've got their entire four players. They've got Rory McIlroy, Adam Scott, Terrell Hatton, and Keegan Bradley. That... That right there might be, I mean, <laughs> I joked around when everybody talking about Live Golf and the dynasty that was the four aces and everything, and everybody had their jokes about that and everything, and we were some of them as well. But I'm looking at the list of players going, holy shit, that's a pretty damn good team. They might be the team to beat this year. Might be, it's way too early to call anything a dynasty because, one, we don't know how these guys are going to play in this format. This is an, mainly an alternate shot format for the most part. So it's going to be interesting to see how guys can get into a rhythm and a feel. Like I dealt with that today. I was playing in the AZ Skins League. And man, oh man, this was the first time where we were waiting on every single shot. And it's just like, whew. You get out of rhythm, you get out of sync, and it's tough to, like, find that rhythm and get into it. So, yeah, not uh, not a good scenario for somebody that gets into a flow or somebody that starts slow. So this alternate shot format to start off 
these with three players. It's also going to be interesting to see, too, because they haven't announced how do you go about subbing in a player because there's four players for each team. We also had this week John Rom dropping out, or might have been last week, actually. John Rom drops out of the TGL. Now, rumors started to fly immediately, and of course, the live the live lovers, as we like to refer to them as, which, by the way, folks, if you're a first-time listener, I like live golf. I've had some issues with live golf, but I really like it. Now, that being said, and I like team golf, that being said, the live lovers, those are the crazy ones. Those are the ones on the spectrum that you're just like, Phew. They're tough to deal with. They're tough to listen to. And there's some Twitter accounts out there that are just like conspiracy theorists to the max. Um, absolutely love it, though. Love it. It's great content. But everybody that was a live lover was going, oh, John Rahm's going to live golf. I don't know if this is the case. John Rahm has said a lot of positive stuff about live golf, but he has also adamantly denied that he would ever go over to live golf. Now, Rory came out today as well and was like, put that to bed, threw some water on that fire. And he's like, that nah, it's just smoke, man. There's absolutely nothing to it. John Rahm is not going to live golf. So we shall see if live golf ends up. I mean, they would have to give John Rahm a team. It's not like he's going to go play in that qualifier, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But John Rahm, I have more of a feeling around this that it really was around family. He's got a young child that he just had with his wife. He lives in Scottsdale, Arizona. He was going to have to fly out constantly out to Jupiter for these events out in Florida. And by the way, that is not a, I mean, he's obviously flying private, but going back and forth and everything, I don't know if that was the best move for him. And I think he thought about it afterwards with the logistics and it's like, ah, nah, I'm good. And there's no Phoenix team. There's no Scottsdale team. So there's that. Now that doesn't change Max Homo from being a part of this and everything, um, which he also has young child as well. Who knows? Only time will tell if John Rom jumps ship to go over to live golf. I don't think it's happening, but for the live lovers out there, they sure think it, that's what's going down. I still can't get over the fact with this that Boston Common Golf has a complete team, and we got teams that don't even have a player yet. So New York... Steve Cohen, man, let's get let's get Johnny on the spot here and let's get some players. I mean, my goodness, bud. You got good old, at least Atlanta with Arthur Blank signed Justin Thomas. They're like, listen, we need JT. JT, you're going to be a part of this with us. The other interesting thing is that, so not only New York, but also San Francisco doesn't have any players yet. LAGC has one with Colin Morikawa. Like I said, Atlanta Drive has one with Justin Thomas. That's it as far as players. And then you got Boston Common Golf, which is already going through all the PR. They had Rory McIlroy out there on the pitching mound at Fenway. And Rory's talking about how he loves Boston. I mean, the one that makes sense 
that is a no-brainer for Boston is Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley wanted to play for the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics growing up, and he ends up being a golfer and doesn't have a way to play for his home teams. Now he does. He is part of Boston Common Golf. And I'll tell you, as a New Yorker, man, I do not like Boston sports. And Boston Common Golf is pretty freaking sweet. They got the frog logo and everything. I mean, I love what LAGC is doing with, you know, the city vibe and everything is really around Los Angeles, the city. And it's got a cool feel to it, right? It's urban. It's got a cool feel. But the frog, man, (laughs) the frog, I love the frog and the hats. I mean, they were taking pictures in the hats. You got Terrell Hatton out there. Oh, gosh. It's going to be fun to see Terrell Hatton go off in a golf simulator. Just absolutely screaming at it, yelling, this isn't accurate. I can't wait for the first pro that drops, this thing isn't accurate. That wouldn't happen outside. I can't wait for it because it's going to happen. Because as close to real golf as it is, There are these little intricacies that are just slightly different. And that's why somebody who's had it for a while or golf simulator for a while in this technology, like a Tiger Woods, is going to have a big advantage. Um, You also have guys that have used other technology that does not react the same way as full swing golf, which is the simulator partner. So it's going to be really cool to see this dynamic go down. But I can see Terrell... Definitely, or Tyrell, please help me on that one, folks. I don't know which way that that goes. If Bobby was here, he would let me know. Uh, but And then Adam Scott. Adam Scott, because the putting's going to take place in the real world, his ball flight and everything on a golf simulator is going to be perfect. This guy is not going to miss. So I got a feeling that Adam Scott is the sleeper that we all are just like, Give him an iron shot, and he's going to fucking stick that thing. Adam Scott is going to be so good at this. Mark my words on this one, because Adam Scott in a golf simulator with his swing, that's going to be a no-brainer right there. But I do wonder, what is keeping these teams and what's taking them so long to sign players? sorry i had to take a quick water break there had to or the next part to this that keeps evolving is the format so the format there's going to be a referee now okay so they're going to make sure that the shot clock is being taken into account, which there's a 40-second shot clock, which is basically what they stole from the RNA with once you are under or once you have uh, or once you're put on the clock, I should say. Once you're put on the clock, then it's a 40-second shot clock in real golf. This, there's automatically a 40-second shot clock. So they're going to have that up in the rafters or wherever so that the players can see how much time they have left before they've got to take a shot. Each team is going to have four timeouts. But the one thing that I don't know yet 
is substitutions. Because once again, you got four players, and you only got three players playing. So that is another dynamic that I can't wait to hear how they're going to go about substitutions. Is there going to be like a pinch hitter to where, hey, you got this shot? Hey, I'm going to substitute out Adam Scott on this, and I'm going to bring in Terrell Hatton to go ahead and take this shot or hit this putt. That could be a little interesting. That could be some serious strategy there. So don't know yet, but that'll be interesting to see. Now, the last part of this show tonight is, once again, the gift that keeps on giving, which is PGA Tour and Live Golf. Now, folks, I'm more confused than ever with this entire situation. And it kind of reminds me... And I have to remind myself, I give the PGA Tour a lot of maybe a little bit too much credit because as soon as I talked about two weeks ago, the fact that from an investment standpoint, you know, they've got so many um, groups that now are coming forward that are starting to leak out, that have interest in investing billions of dollars into the PGA Tour like Endeavor. Then all of a sudden, the following week, Endeavor has to come out and basically say, hey, listen, like the PGA Tour shut us down. We we are going to still support PGA Tour wherever we can, but this deal is completely dead And I felt like that that came directly from Piff the Magic Fund or Piff the Magic Dragon. Depends on how you look at it. But they just keep spewing out fire in terms of money. So if fire is money, Piff the Magic Dragon just keeps spewing out that money to keep paying for Live Golf. And who knows if they will ever get their money back. But they wanted a piece of golf. And, man, it sure does seem like they do have the power in these negotiations. And it sure does seem like the PGA Tour wants this to go through. They really, really want this to go through is how this is coming across at this point. Because there are signs that the times are changing. Okay? So the first one that comes to mind which kind of makes sense because he never was on the PGA Tour, is Turk Pettit. Now, Turk Pettit, he is in the second stage of Q School. And if you remember, he played the entire first season with Live Golf. But he comes out and I just... PGA Tour hasn't really said a whole lot about it. But he's going to be in the second stage of Q School. So it's not a foregone conclusion that this kid is going to ultimately make it onto the PGA Tour. But there's been no restrictions around him from if he makes it through Q School of joining the PGA Tour. But again, he wasn't on the PGA Tour in the first place. So I see that there's a bit of a loophole there, right? That all kind of makes sense in the PGA Tour stance against Live Golf. So maybe a little bit of a gray area. But then it gets announced this week that the PGA Tour is going to allow players that are playing on the PGA Tour to play in the Live Golf qualifier event. Now, Live Golf has announced 
that they are going to have a qualifier. It's part of what they need to do in order to meet the requirements of the official world golf rankings. One of the reasons why they added this in, they added that relegation where you got four guys that the lowest four guys are getting kicked off and are going to have to try to qualify through a Q school type of setup. Now there is an entry way to get yourself into live golf. This is the event that I was talking about. I don't think John Rahm is going for a couple of reasons. Number one is because that would take up a spot. Number two is he's not going to go play in this live golf qualifier event. I don't think he would put himself at that entry level once again. And I mean, my God, if he didn't end up making it through that qualifier event. So that is completely out. But the PGA Tour allowing players from the PGA Tour to go and try to qualify to make it into live golf. That is a huge shift. And that is the sign that I'm talking about that times are changing and times have changed because the PGA Tour to have this be a part of this is all of a sudden to me, they're conceding once again. Now, remember, a year back, PGA Tour was dead set against ever accepting any money from Piff the Magic Fund. Then all of a sudden, Piff the Magic Fund starts spewing out its fire, litigation, they are stealing players. PGA Tour all of a sudden said, hey, we got to go and have a conversation with them and see if we can get some of that magical dragon fire. Well, they did, right? They reached out, set up those meetings with the Asir. Things have gotten serious. There's a framework agreement. Now we're seeing some changes in their stance around players not being able to play in both. And word has it. Now, I've been paying a lot of attention to the live lovers out there that are just diehard live golf fans from day one. And a lot of them really feel and think... That And I have to start agreeing with them, by the way, when I say this, that Live Golf is here to stay. And Live Golf is the premier tour, so to speak. I don't really feel like that. But, and it doesn't, like, the individual side to Live Golf still kind of seems like the thing. The teams are kind of an ancillary aspect to it where they tried to convince everybody just by telling you, hey, the team events are really important and the team is what it's all about. They're individual events with a lot of money. And, I mean, you kind of saw from Dustin Johnson at the team championship that he just really didn't give a shit. So definitely not really feeling like Live Golf is the premier tour or the competitive tour. It kind of seems like, hey, if you just want to go chill and make a shit ton of money, playing golf and doing it on an exhibition-style league, here you go. It just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of care around it um, from the player standpoint. That, I mean, the, the one team that really was trying this year was the Range Goats. Absolutely love that out of my squad because Range Goats are my favorite team. 
And you also kind of saw it from the young guys out of Torque. So maybe if things start changing, but again, I just, I, <coughs> the PGA Tour's entire reason for doing this framework agreement and getting this done so that they don't lose more players to live golf and they want live golf to go bye-bye, which they were going to assess after next year. And it was going to be Jay Monahan's decision. Oh, sorry about that. Once again, another another water break there. Um, and thanks, Brian, for letting us know. This is awesome. Now, also with this said, around live golf and changing of the times with the PGA Tour, I just don't know. I just don't know what is going on at this point. Because everything and all the sources and so forth that I have were all about the fact that the PGA Tour was winning this. The leverage was with the PGA Tour at this point. Live Golf is going away. It's never going to survive. But that kind of seems like that's not accurate at this point. I just don't know if that is what is ultimately going to happen because once again... You're allowing somebody who played on Live Golf to try to qualify through Q School. I can see that because he was never a member of the PGA Tour in Turk Pettit. Then you've got the PGA Tour players are being allowed to go and compete and try to make it on to Live Golf in this qualifier event. That is the most telling shit. I'm telling you right now. That is the most telling shit that there could possibly be in who has the leverage at this point. And I just don't see us in a world to now where if Yasir and Yasir apparently has been telling a lot of people, live golf is not going anywhere. And he kind of seems to be running the entire ship on this entire thing. I can't see in the framework agreement and everything to where this is going to ultimately be Jay Monahan's decision, whether or not live golf continues. And I have to say Jay Monahan, even if it is in his power, I can't foresee Yasir all of a sudden giving him the ability to do that. Or by the way, without, huge financial risk and huge financial issues. Cause once again, we've talked about this over and over and over again, whoever has the fucking money folks is the one in control. We live in a capitalistic society. That's how this works. If all of a sudden the entire reason we're getting into this framework agreement and everything is so that Everything can come together and we can get rid of live golf and, you know, we want it for the money. We want all of that piff the magic fund money that's just spewing out money fire everywhere. Well, that's, uh, that doesn't seem like we're going to have, and when I say we with the PGA Tour are going to have any control over that whatsoever. So, that's where we're going to end it tonight. Uh, we do also want to let you know, or I want to let you know at this point, that uh, if you missed it in the beginning, 
swannies.co, folks. I've got the Swan Delta hat on. I've got the uh, Lloyd Polo, which is part of their big sand collection. Same thing with the, uh, I believe this is the Cole Q-Zip. Yeah, Cole Q-Zip. Again, all part of that big sand collection. And uh, go check that out at swannies.co. Get yourself 25% off at checkout by using the promo code PullHookGolf25 at checkout. And until next week, I will see you guys at the same bat time, same bat channel. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast version, I will see you guys next Wednesday. Uh, But for the live show, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific time or 10 p.m. Eastern. And uh, looking forward to recapping this Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Have a great one, everybody.